Hi guys, Andy here and welcome to episode 18 of the Android Andy UK podcast. Um, I feel like I perhaps needed even to put into my recorded intro just an apology for how long it's been since my last one. I don't know. I was, in my defense, I was quite ill just after Christmas for a good few weeks. Uh, you might have seen some of my videos where I cough a little bit or I think I tried to cut most of it out. Um, yeah, quite a bad chest infection. I don't often get ill, but uh, I was very, very, uh, well, I thought I was very, very ill. Um, anyway, so moving on. <laughs> because it's been almost two, well, it has been two months, I think, in fact. Because it's been two months, I have built up plenty to talk about. So what I'm actually going to do, I've got, I'm going to do two podcasts. The other one I'll do maybe, I don't know, later in the week, perhaps. But we'll start off with kind of the tech side of things, which is probably why you're listening. Um, Samsung had their event this week where they launched the S10, the S10 Plus, and the S10e. Now, they do look to be quite interesting devices to me. I've never been a huge fan of the S devices. I have had, I think maybe the last one I had was an S7. I did have definitely, I mean, the, the Galaxy S2 was kind of the one that in some ways made me on, on uh, YouTube. Had a, it's still at like, I don't know, so 1.75 million views at the moment. But generally, I switched over to being a Note fan. I am still interested when the S launches happen though. Um, and it does look an interesting device. It's got wireless power share, which is kind of the reverse wireless charging, which is one of the things that sort of appealed to me in the Huawei Mate 20 Pro, even though I've never actually used it and it's not actually that handy in my Huawei. It looks like Samsung are making use of it. I think their latest watch wirelessly charges, I think their earbuds wirelessly charge. So that's actually pretty cool. That's something I'm looking forward to happening more in uh, sort of accessories that come out that you can wirelessly charge them. Uh, another thing they've kind of copied from Huawei is the ultra-wide-angle lenses. I think there's five lenses in all, three on the back and two on the front. Um, Samsung have kind of taken their foot off the pedal a little bit with uh, with their cameras, though. So they used to be, I think, some of the best cameras you could get going back, I don't know, three or four years, perhaps. Then the Pixels came into the sort of fray, and they sort of overtook. And then... Um, the, the well, Huawei basically have kind of kind of become the king of cameras. Uh, other specs that all these three devices have, they have the Snapdragon 855 or the Exynos 9820. I think we get the Exynos in the UK. Uh, likewise, they have an Adreno 640 or a Mali G76 MP12, which again, I think we get the latter in the UK. I still don't actually know why. It's got to be something to do with licensing, I guess, but I don't know why. If we look at the individual devices, the one that would appeal to me would be the S10 Plus, which is the bigger device. It's a 6.4-inch 2K AMOLED screen. It starts off with a 128GB of storage and 8GB of RAM. It's got an underscreen ultrasonic fingerprint sensor. It's got a 4100mAh battery. You can actually go all the way up to a 1TB storage device with 12GB of RAM. That'll set you back £1,399. I honestly... Wow, I don't know. I mean, people seem to want this kind of storage that's i don't know that's that's almost as much storage as i had in my last pc that I've, I've only just upgraded which we'll tell you about later um one terabyte i i don't really get it i mean i don't know maybe it's because people don't like streaming maybe i'm just lucky because i'm in london i've always got a good connection i don't need to store things on my phone be it photos movies tv shows because i can generally stream them but i just i do not get why you need one terabyte of storage on a phone um i mean i don't entirely get why you need 12 gig of ram either for that matter but I guess it's not a bad thing. Um, the that's all uh, eight ninety nine for the for the hundred twenty eight gig with eight gig of RAM version. Uh, if we look at the S ten, so it's a slightly smaller device. It's a six point one inch two K AMOLED screen. It's got the same one hundred twenty eight gig of uh, storage and eight gig of RAM. 
It's also got the underscreen ultrasonic fingerprint sensor. I'll be quite interested because this one's ultrasonic. Most of the ones that have happened so far have been um, based on light. I forget what they're called. But this is, well, ultrasonic would say it's based on sound, isn't it? I don't know. Uh, but uh, sounds interesting. If they've improved it, then that's a good thing. Not that my Huawei Mate 20 Pro has a bad underscreen fingerprint sensor, but the OnePlus 6T did have. Um, did I get as far as the battery? 3,400 mAh in the S10, and that's uh, 799 then they have the S10e, uh, which is kind of, well, e for economy perhaps. And it's, I think it's supposed to pair up against the iPhone XR uh, at 699 I mean, to me, it's still a bit expensive, but at the same time, actually, the specs are still quite good. It's 120 gig of storage with 6 gig of RAM, 5.8. Well, actually, I say that. When I looked on GSM Arena, it did have some different uh, storages and and RAMs listed, but this is the one that I've seen on the UK website. So maybe in different parts of the, co- uh, the globe, you can find them at different sizes. It's got a 5.8 inch 1080p AMOLED screen. It's got a side mounted fingerprint sensor and a 3,100 milliamp hour battery. So not a bad device for 699 still. It's still probably higher specs than a lot of other devices uh, that the, the best that some will kick out. So I don't know. I just wonder 699. That is still quite expensive. It would have been great if their sort of economy. I mean, maybe well. I suppose he does have 2K and this is a 1080p. I was going to say maybe even a 720p screen, but that would perhaps be a drop even too far. I mean, definitely 120 gig of storage is too much for a, for an economy device. 64, if they save 50 quid, I think that would have been a good idea. Um, I don't know. Let me, let me know your thoughts on the forum. Um, well, if any of you go there, I know not many do. I actually broke it last week, the forum. It was quite annoying. I was trying to do an upgrade. It just proper broke. And for two days, I could not get it working. Finally managed to, to fix it. So do come and say hello. AndrewLandy.uk and click forum. Um, that possibly the most interesting and maybe the most talked about thing though was the Galaxy Fold now there's been a lot of talk about foldable screens and if I'm honest I've not really been that interested definitely to me they seem a little bit gimmicky um, but I won't lie I watched the Galaxy Fold video this morning and I thought actually that does look quite an interesting device so where to start where to start as you look at it it's it's quite a thick device but it's quite thin it has a 4.6 inch hd plus screen on the front and i won't even call them bezels because there's a good inch or so perhaps above and below that 4.6 inch screen on the front if that was your phone i mean that's not even from five years ago it's just never there's never been a phone that doesn't look like (laughs) like it does they're massive big bezels or forehead and chin i suppose in this case um but you open it up kind of like a book I guess um, and it opens up flat to to reveal the 7.3 inch 2k screen um, it's like 3000 something by 4 15 something pixels um, 1500 it does have quite a big notch in the top right I don't know if I've seen sort of no point of that out or talked about that much but it's quite a big notch uh, for I guess for the cameras because there are cameras everywhere on this thing the spec sheet listed five but I'm sure in the video of their announcement they might have said six or even seven because you've got you've got some on the front of the 4.6 inch screen you've got some on the back of that as if you were a normal phone and then when you open it up there's some more in the screen hence the notch um so cameras yeah i don't quite know why you need that many uh i would have thought just or just the ones on the back would have been fine so you want to take a selfie just open it out use the 4.6 inch to see yourself while you're taking the selfie if you want to take a regular photo, again, open it out, use the main cameras on the back and with the big old 7.2 inch screen to use the viewfinder, 
or just don't even open it up and you've got the 4.6 inch that you can use as a viewfinder. I don't know why they need to put the, the cameras on the front of the 4.6 and in the front of the 7.2, 7.3 inch screen. To me, that's kind of, I mean, you could have got rid of the notch, surely. So I don't quite know why they were, and well, you'd have made it cheaper because, because it's $1,980. Um, and there was a bit of a silence in the crowd when they announced the price. I mean, I don't know what they're expecting it to be with something with that many cameras, that many screens, that much tech. Because uh, the hinge did, look, I mean, they showed like a little I don't know, animation of the hinge. It did look pretty impressive. And I, and I think for it to work as it does um, was quite an engineering feat, I guess. Um, so we'll see. But to me, it does, it does fold the right way. I was kind of, I'm kind of I'm holding out for a, like a clamshell phone. Do you remember those? The old clamshells, I forget what they were. I don't think I ever really had one. But if you had one of those that basically you opened up and then the screen was like like a regular phone screen would look right now, that would be pretty cool. So, if, you know, take your phone in your hand now and imagine it half the size from the sort of split through the middle, folding down um, from the top to the bottom, if that makes sense. I think that would be quite cool. And you can have maybe a little screen on the, on the sort of outside of that that would display notifications and the time and things like that. Um, and then when you need to open it, you flick it open and off you go. I think that'd be well cool. Anyway, I'm getting a little bit sidetracked. Um, what else do we need to know? It's got a 4,380 milliamp hour battery, which is split into each half of the phone. That's quite interesting. They said that's something that's not really been done before, but they can use two different batteries at once. Um, it's got a side-mounted fingerprint sensor. You can go split-screen with your apps quite easily, and, and that did look quite interesting on a 7.3-inch screen. You could kind of have one as the main app taking up most of the left-hand side, I suppose, and you'd have two other smaller apps, top and bottom, on the right-hand side. Um, and you could quite easily drag them about to change which one was the main app. You could also, if you were using the 4.6-inch screen on the front of the phone, as you open up, it just it quite seamlessly, apparently, or from what we could see, moves to be the on the, the same app on the screen inside. Um, you mentioned a few times that was called App Continuity, and I think they were saying they'd work with developers and Google and all this to make it work quite well. Um, and it did look like it worked quite well. So oh, I have to say, part of me... Thought, oh, I'd be, I'd be really tempted to try it. It, I mean, a seven point three inch screen you can fold in half and put into into your pocket. That's, that is quite tempting. That is quite tempting. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, I don't even know because in the specs that only listed us uh, using the Snapdragon eight fifty five, and as we were just mentioning, that's not necessarily available in the UK. So, is it that the U fold won't come to the UK? Um, if it does, I guess it's going to be about two thousand pounds on that. I think that is enough to put me off, if I'm very honest, because that is the price of a decent laptop. Um, yeah. But definitely interesting tech, and I guess as we progress through the next year or two, the tech will become a little bit more common. The screens perhaps will come down a bit in price, these flexible, foldable screens. And, you know, if they can get these, this device, you know, if this device was 1200 uh, then maybe, maybe, maybe. We'll see. Again, let me know your thoughts on the forum. Uh, but uh, yeah, certainly an interesting looking device. Now, if I'm going to rewind a little bit, so I think my last podcast was the 20th of December, and on the 24th of December, I treated myself, kind of for Christmas and my birthday perhaps even, um, to a new MacBook Pro, the 28 model. I basically got a very good price off John Lewis. Uh, I get discount being a partner, and they were, I think they were price matching, like curries, so they're not £280 off. So it's normally seventeen fifty. I ended up paying just under, I think it's about thirteen sixty or something, which I thought was a pretty good price. I thought you know, I'm not going to get an opportunity like this. I have been thinking about getting upgrading my MacBook for a while. So again, you might be a little confused why Android Andy is using an Apple MacBook. Um, 
I blame, I try and blame, and I don't know if it's just a bit of an excuse that I've, I've been learning to code over the last few years, and you can only code for iOS using a Mac. Um, so back in what March or April, I bought a MacBook Air because that's the cheapest way of of kind of getting in and trying. And you know, I, I kind of quite fancied a new laptop anyway. Uh, and the MacBook Air, I, I kind of like laptops that are portable. So I did have before I have a massive big. Was it an Asus? kind of a gaming laptop but it was big and it didn't really lend itself you to taking it around places um, so I was quite curious to try both um, Mac OS and also just a nice light portable uh, well-made laptop and it, and it was and it is but then I thought well okay so I can live with Mac OS is you know it's a quite different to Windows but I, my needs are quite simple at this point um, but I would like a bit more power a bit more speed so that's why in the late December I got the MacBook Pro 2018, and it is a very nice device. Again, if you're listening to me, you're probably an Android fan. You might be like, I don't, I just don't want to know about Apple. And I don't know. I just, I, I do try. I guess I pride myself on trying to be impartial, um, and I will look at an Apple product with hopefully impartial, uh, non-bias. And it is very good hardware, and the OS is is slick and smooth. Um, the the 2018 MacBook has the touch bar, which I kind of thought initially, well, a bit of a gimmick, isn't it? But I actually, I really like it. I really like it. Obviously, it adapts to whatever you're doing at the time. Sometimes it's like almost useless. There's nothing on there. But I don't know. So, for example, if you're browsing a web page, it will have various uh, browser-related buttons, like just reloading the page or going to a favorite or searching or or whatever. Um, if you then play a video. Uh, it becomes uh, it has the media controls but it also has what do you call it like a tracking bar a scr- no I forgot what you call it now but you can you can use the it, sort of the start and finish bar that you normally see on the bottom of the media player on your screen is in the track bar and the, the little line is going across as you're watching through the video and you can just hold your finger on that track bar and scan it back and forward in the video that you're playing again you know, yeah it's not I don't use that a lot, but it's kind of cool. It is, you know, that's a good use of, of the space instead of the function keys. Because really, how often do you use function keys apart from keybinds in the game, perhaps? Um, I was also pleasantly surprised how easy it is to install Windows on it. So you can install, I think it's called Bootcamp. Um, you download a Windows ISO, so Windows 10 kind of install CD, but just keep the ISO file on your hard drive. You basically run Bootcamp and say, yeah, there's the ISO. You decide the size of your partitions, and it goes off and does it for you, and, and, and you're there, and you can boot up into Windows. Now, so you don't get the touch bar. You just get fun- – well, the touch bar's there, but it's just function keys when you're in Windows. It doesn't change uh, to be different things. But I installed Overwatch on it, and I was able to play Overwatch while I was away at Christmas, um, which I was quite impressed by. I wasn't really expecting – the MacBook Pro to be able to game like that. It is. Just, I didn't mention it's only the 13-inch version. The 15-inch version is more powerful. You can get an i9 version, and you can yeah, you can spend like about four grand on if you wanted. Um, but this is just the 13-inch version with the i5. But it's what eighth eighth gen, ninth gen, eighth gen. I can't remember now. But yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. I, I mean, I, and I could properly play Overwatch. It wasn't even like oh, it's a bit laggy, or it's a bit jerky. I mean, I dropped the graphical settings down, and Overwatch is not an intensive game. But still, I was you know I was doing uh, sixty to seventy frames per second. It was uh, it was quite impressive. Um, so I do I do I really do like it. I really do like it. Um, it is very portable, so I do take it to work with me sometimes. I've been working on a sort of a web app at work, um, and it's it's very capable. Uh, I then got a slick wrap skin as well. Al Alcantara, I think is how you pronounce it or say it. 
um, on the top and just a regular sort of mat on the bottom. I really do like the Alcantara. I did a video, if you're a sort of subscriber, you may have seen it. But, oh, I really love the Alcantara. Go and have a watch of the video if uh, if you haven't seen it already. Um, then I've been looking for replacements for my Huawei W1 watch, which kind of, I don't know, stopped charging properly, basically. Uh, well, probably about half a year ago, and I kind of got by until now. I thought, you know what, let's just get a new watch. Let's see what there is. So I've tried a few. Um, the TicWatch C2 looks a lot like the Huawei W1. It's a very nice design. Uh, I think it's quite a stylish design. It's a very capable watch. It's got GPS and NFC built in. Um, and generally, you know, it's only 180 pounds on Amazon, and it generally it's a, it's a good watch. It's a good watch. But before I tried the C2, I tried the Skagen Falster 2. Um, and I think it's a really stylish looking watch. It looks really nice. It's very small and thin and um, uh, not so well, garish, I suppose, in some ways. Um, as perhaps the, well, the T-Watch Pro that I had just before Christmas, which I think I'll have mentioned in the last, uh, yeah, in the last podcast. So I'm selling on the TicWatch C2. I could send it back, but I sent back the TicWatch Pro, and they took ages to do my refund. I think they're getting a bit annoyed that I send expensive things back too often. So I thought, oh, I'll just I'll take the hit. I'll sell the TicWatch C2 on. If you listen to this and you're interested, let me know if I've still got it. I'm looking for like I don't know 155 for it, perhaps. Uh, as I say, it's 180 on Amazon. I've only used it for a week. So yeah, but I'm quite pleased with the Skagen Foster 2. Again, watch the video on YouTube if you haven't seen that. Um, I've also been trying a few Empower Budget Active Noise Cancelling Wireless Headphones. Two different ones. I actually forgot what they're called now. M4 and the M5, were they perhaps? Which were pretty good for £50. Uh, I mean, the noise cancellation is nowhere near the Sony's or the Bose or the Sennheiser's. It's quite minimal. But at the same time, there is some noise cancellation. And they generally sounded pretty good headphones. So I think one of them was 50 and one of them might have been 58. Again, go and look on my channel. They were quite early on, like in just January, I think I reviewed those. So go and have a look back um, at those. But yeah, they're, they're a good option for the price, I would say. Um, in other news, I broke my chair. So I bought a gaming chair two and a half years ago. Well, two years and four months, if we're being very precise. It was an epic noble chair. Uh, and it was built as a gaming chair and listed the maximum weight as 150 kilos. Now I'm about 132 kilos and most of Noble's chairs are 132, 130 kilo limit. So that's why I went for the, the Epic chair. It was like twice as expensive at sort of 300, I don't know, 330 pounds, I think it was. Um, but I thought, well, if it's a bit more solid and it's kind of almost made for heavier folks such as myself, that's a good thing and I'll, I'll spend the extra money and, um, and, and, and you know hopefully it'll last so I was a bit disappointed when uh, I do like to sort of you may have seen him I think it's my keyboard video the G hang on I'll have to check what it is no I can't it's underneath the keyboard <laughs> G614 I think it was you, I, you know you can see me with my feet up on the desk with the keyboard on my lap uh, using my computer so I, I do like when I'm browsing the web or reading emails or checking forums that's kind of my preferred way of doing it and I realised at one point that the, the back was kind of was giving a little bit basically as I leant on it leant back I could feel it move a bit so I thought well, maybe it's locked into place so I was playing around with the lever and shortly later I could, I could feel it moving again I thought, Ooh, what's this this isn't all right and then later on in the day it was proper as I leant back I could I could really could I mean it almost felt like I was going to fall out of the back of the chair um so I sent a video to Noble saying you know, two two years and four months ago, I bought this chair for three hundred pounds. That's a lot of money to spend on a chair. I bought it because it was for heavier people, um, and your warranty expired four months ago. And 
now my chair's broken and to, i suppose to be specific the, 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 it feels like there's maybe a, like a big long bar along the bottom of each side of the base of the seat and one of those quite simply was bending i mean it, it bent you could feel it was bent instead of being straight it was it was curved at the back the back right of the chair uh, all credit to noble they said oh dear yeah very sorry We'll, uh, we'll get a replacement part sent to you. And there was, this was done through Overclockers. I bought it from Overclockers. So they kind of authorized Overclockers to send me a new part. Within a week, they sent me the new part of the chair, swapped it over, uh, sent the next, the old broken part back to Overclockers and job done. So part of me says, wow, the chair really shouldn't be bending at two, just over two years. Other part of me says, but that was good service. They accepted that. So I would hope if in like a year's time it bent again, I'd be saying to them, this is not on, it's, it's bent again. And even though I'm then three years, four months out of, out of, or since buying it, I would hope they would still do help me in some way. At the same time, at that point, I might be saying to them, I, I just feel you need to give me my money back. I, I know I've <laughs> been using it for three years, but this is not a, this is not a suitable chair. This is not up to standard. Uh, well, before I knew they were going to replace it, I was looking for other options and eBuyer had a, I forget what the brand was, but they looked at quite a nice gaming chair for 200, 220 pounds and it had a five and 10 year warranty. So when I inquired what that meant, the five years was on the fabric of the actual chair and 10 years was on the metal frame. And I thought that is a decent warranty that, you know, they, they must have faith in their chair if they're prepared to give it 10 years on the frame. So, you know, if this one goes, I'll, I'll I will look for something with a longer warranty, such as the one I found on eBay. And then the final bit of news in the, the tech part of this, well, I'm going to wrap it up after this, um, is that I bought a new PC. So normally I will buy the elements and I will build it myself. Um, I quite enjoy doing it, but at the same time it can be stressful that first time you press the power button and you've got your fingers crossed just praying it boots up. Um, and if it does, fantastic, and it does feel great that you've built this computer yourself, but if it doesn't, it's just such a huge headache. And I thought to myself, do you know what, I'm going to save up this time and I'm just going to buy a pre-built machine. Uh, I looked around and I decided to use PC Specialist. They let you, they're very flexible that you choose all your different components. They will point out if things aren't compatible. Uh, I mean, I think mine was all fine, so I didn't have any contact with them, but people have told me that they will even ring you up and have a chat about, about your build if they think there's uh, things that need changing. Um, so I went for an i9 with the 9900K CPU. I got an NVIDIA 2070 RTX ready uh, graphics card, 32 gig of, uh, of RAM, of DDR4 RAM, and a one terabyte M.2 Samsung Evo 970 uh, hard drive or solid state drive for the operating system, and then like a one terabyte just regular solid state drive for storage. So I've got two terabytes of storage, all of it solid state, um, one terabyte of it like super fast that has the operating system and will have my games on. Um, now what this means kind of for you guys is that my channel is going to go 4k I bought the webcam that could do 4k I think it was like last October or November I bought the uh, the compact camera that does the sort of phone footage looking at my desk uh, I bought one of those that can go 4k early January but then I found that my PC that I had wouldn't didn't have the power to encode and process the 4k webcam so it could film it but all the sound was out of sync and it just you know, it would just be quite a headache. So, um, as well as just upgrading so I can play games like Apex Legends and Overwatch, it means that I can encode the video footage in 4K. Now, again, I'd be quite interested to know, does that mean anything to you? Does that bother you at all? I would imagine the vast majority of you are quite happy with 1080p. 
because I think I generally, if I'm watching YouTube videos, generally 1080p, that's fine. Um, but at the same time, when I do find something that does it in 4K, I think, oh, okay, oh, nice. You know, almost glad to give them a bit of credit for that. So I'm kind of hoping that some people out there, when they see that I've got, I've gone 4K, might give me a bit of credit and maybe I'll get a few, a few more subs. But yeah, I'd be interested to know what you think. Again, if you fancy chatting about these things, head to my forum on Andrelandi UK. So I have actually got loads of other stuff to talk about. As I just kind of mentioned gaming, I've been playing a lot of Apex Legends. There's been a lot of TV shows that I've been uh, watching recently. Uh, but I'm going to leave that for the next episode, which I will try and do within the next week or so, I guess, because I've already got the content to talk about. Uh, as it is, this has been probably the longest podcast I've done, so I hope you've enjoyed it. hope you've, uh, you've not been too bored. Um, but yeah, do do let me know your thoughts. For now, my name's Andy. I'll catch you all again soon. 